to me, magic is hope. It's joy. It's pure, pure passion. It's a feeling that we can create a better earth. It's the sparkle behind people's eyes. Magic is that secret ingredient to getting through those tougher days. And it's the thing that makes dreams actually seem possible. Welcome to an absolute passion project of mine, a collection of conversations telling the stories of people making magic real. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Making Magic Real. Today I am so excited to be sharing a conversation with Eva around a lifestyle I've been so fascinated by and has such a deep home calling from the paths of our ancestors, the lifestyle of bush living, living outside and in communion with the land. Something I feel like most of us dream about and then when you really start to follow the little dream steps you kind of ponder, how possible is it really? to go live outside, to step out of this way of life that's become so familiar to us? Would life become better or worse? Would I become an outcast? How would I go living through the seasons with all the bugs, all the rain? Is it even possible to live out these living in nature dreams in the way our society is structured now? Often as these questions come up more and more, the dream becomes overwhelming and less possible until you meet someone like Eva. Eva is a beautiful being. Her presence is so warm and grounding and energetically light. We dive into Eva's five-year journey of living outside and just how transformative this has been in helping her find her true self. We go into the ins and outs of actually living outside in today's world and her journey into launching Wild Beings Australia which is a non-for-profit organisation that connects humans with their wild roots, sharing ancestral skills such as basket weaving, fibre friction and a lot of hands-on teachings around plant and animal wisdom. I have linked Wild Beings Australia and Eva's socials in the bio if you'd like to keep updated with any upcomings, workshops, camps and bonus information. But for now, I'm excited to dive into this conversation today and everything she shares. Eva has a really beautiful way of blending ancestral and modern living, which makes it a really realistic way to live this lifestyle and makes it possible in our society, paving a way for all of us that have had this dream floating around in our souls. So I'm so excited. <laughs> Let's jump in. So welcome, Eva, to episode 15 of Making Magic Real. I'm so excited to be sitting here with you and having chats. Mm, yeah, thanks for having me. So today I thought I'd start our chat with a question. You're the first person to get this. What does magic feel like to you? Mm, the first thing that kind of came to my head was, yeah, really magic for me is kind of being in relationship and connection with creation and I guess having yeah direct experiences from my body with the world around me and when I was younger I was so into like the ethereal kind of magic mm. world and as I've come into my adulthood I still love that but I'm like oh my goodness the magic is here like yeah in, in the ground and in the trees and in the rocks and like in this kind of solid material world mm. and yeah that's that's kind of where what I feel like magic is for me right now mm. yeah I love that and I love that you like instantly like we're sitting in my room and you just instantly notice my little like fairy picture that I had when I was a child yeah I have similar ones yeah sure (laughs) yeah yeah that beautiful just like yeah kind of fairies represent like the forest and the mushrooms and like that's like a beautiful entry point into yeah the magic of of the earth yeah that's like I'm noticing lately too it's just bugs like 
Mm. I've always kind of, not disregarded bugs, but I just, you know, just bugs. Like, I don't really think about them that much. But the last few months, I don't know what's happened, but the way I see them has completely changed. Mm. And I'm like, they're like little warriors or little weird creatures with wings. I'm like, oh, these are the fairies. These are the ones. But, like, we'd put little human bodies on them Mm -hmm. because we love human everything. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, just finding all these little bugs now and little crickets. And I, like, the last two years, I feel like I've met more bugs that I've never met before like in my whole life I was like okay there's this little random thing that just landed on my arm yeah. I've never seen him in my life and then he just comes looks at me and goes and that happens like all the time it's like there is such a vast deep ecosystem of bugs out yeah. there that so many people just miss and it's like yeah it's a cool world it's a cool rabbit hole it's so crazy yeah. and I feel like too like yet yeah, you having lived lived in the bush now for the past few years you would have seen so many things mm. and I really want to dive into that today mm-hmm. but before you go diving in I'd like to just go over what you're presently doing so mm-hmm. what your life like presently looks like and what the current roles you have yeah cool amongst looking at little bugs yeah <laughs> bug finder <laughs> life right now is a lot of different things um yeah equally chaotic as as it is grounded and and beautiful and and the last um, six months or so really focusing on the offerings that we're bringing through wild beings which has just been yeah a lot of um, skill sharing and getting people connected to the earth again and so that has kind of been what everyday life is revolving around preparing for that and kind of creating ideas and planning for future events and also incorporating that yeah in our own lives and how we Mm. are living and trying to sculpt our life around these values of being more connected to the earth and finding ways, always finding ways, because there's limitless ways to be connected to the earth, as you would know. And it's a journey. You can't just wake up and all of a sudden be connected to the earth, though. Like, 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 yeah. I think that's that, like, classic, just, like, the old programming of the old stories is like mm. having everything so instantly or like doing a certain amount of steps and just achieving it mm-hmm. but everything's now like in this way of living is nature's time time is a weird concept in this modern yeah. world and when you're out in the bush for yeah long periods of time mm. you realize that time isn't a thing it's just like you wake up and the sun's up and then you have this this whole day ahead of you that feels like it's like a week long in one day mm. and then you go to sleep and yeah, I love that time. The concept of time just kind of vanishes into the moment when you're in the bush. Yeah, mm. it's really cool. So going from, you know, you're living in the bush now, you're, you've like well in tune with nature's time within yourself, around you. How did this come to be your life? Like, did you have a really big catalyst for change? I know you mentioned start of one earlier which I'd love to hear about and yeah well, and then maybe some like if there was like little ones along the way that just reconfirmed what you were doing was really right for you. Mm-hmm. It's a big story um I grew up obviously on the central coast and in the kind of yeah party party world party mm-hmm. culture um not looking after myself very well yeah having issues that probably most other kids growing up around my time had as well and yeah I just found myself in a um, kind of destructive reality and Mm. not a very wholesome lifestyle that I was living. And in 2017, I, with my best friend, decided to just, yeah, go on a road trip and we didn't have really a plan. We just knew that we were leaving the Central Coast and we were going to just travel around Australia and see where we ended up. And at that time, I was pretty 
in the Dulf scene and mm. on the East Coast, which was which was great fun. And it, you know, it was the first time that I'd actually stepped out of the society that I knew and into this whole other world. And I definitely, yeah, the Dulf world is no, it's not really a grounded world. Mm. Like if you're going at it from the place that I was, which was very like party, party influenced, but it kind of showed me that, wow, there is a whole nother subculture here that I've never experienced. Like mm. I've been going to nightclubs and, and music festivals and things. And now I'm here with these people out in the land where there's no rules and mm. expression is so free. And, and that was really incredible, but I was still making yeah decisions that weren't very good for my health and, and my sanity and my wellbeing. And then, um, yeah, one thing led to another and I got arrested um, in Queensland with yeah a bunch of, um, what the police called it, hippie, hippie drugs, <laughs> like psychedelics hippie and drugs. stuff. Yeah. Um, so many things, you know, before that day had mm. been telling me, Eva, you need to get off with this path. Like the trajectory that I was on. Was it just a little, like a little voice saying like a niggle or was it like instances which is like not going right? It was, then... it was kind of, it was, it was a voice. Like the life that I was living mm. from the surface was like fun and free. And like, I had fr- like, could just go into the bush with my friends and do whatever we wanted. But it was not, I was just, I was running away actually from mm. myself throughout that process. And I think a lot of the people I were around were doing that too. So we kind of enable each other yeah. not to look at our own stuff. And yeah, there was definitely a lot of like, when I would do a lot of journaling, I would, I remember going through some journal entries before getting arrested being like, I, I need to get out of this path and I need mm. to kind of, I need to stop doing drugs. And I need to be healthy. And I had been yearning for health for at least a year yep. before I actually made the change for health and well before the universe came and yeah. knocked me over and yeah <laughs> so since that day of my arrest um yeah everything everything changed and it was mm. actually probably weirdly one of the best things that happened to me because from that I completely removed myself from that scene that I was in and for the first time in my life in my 24 years of living I came back to myself and Mm. I just spent time in the bush alone and I got away from all the drugs and all of that scene and just really got to know who the heck I even was without Mm. being a member of this yeah party culture and that was really really incredible and since then that's been five years it's just been this beautiful unfurling of yeah connecting to the earth and connecting with myself through the earth Mm. and at the start, it was just like, oh, I love bushwalks, I love nature. But then I realised that there's a whole culture in the land. There's mm. a whole, And I was that kind of pricked my ears up. And I was like, I need to go and keep learning these things yeah. and find whoever I can. Because I didn't really know any bush people yeah. before that, you yeah. know. I had never encountered um, people that were living on the land or anything like that. It was so You, you really don't. Like, I have only come into, like, connection with people into this mm. sort of thing literally in the last, like year and a half since I've been doing my permaculture course yeah but since then it just wasn't maybe it's because it's like not on the radar or like you know these, these communities are working a bit out the way and a bit outside the normal day-to-day life or the party culture or the working system mm. so where they are just like tucked away but I imagine even back then it would have been less totally yeah yeah it's like everyone who's doing it lives on the outskirts of society yeah. <laughs> so they're not you have to like go out five hours driving yeah, land. totally <laughs> totally you're not going to find them down at the local pub or something (laughs) did you find was there someone when you first started living in the bush by yourself 
was there someone you found or connected with that you know when you're like I'm looking for people like is there other people like doing this as well like yeah someone you found that inspired you further or you're like we can do this together or so a good family friend of mine um Jake Kassar he kind of was a strong resemblance of that kind of bushcraft world for me Mm. and he yeah when I came back from traveling hung out at his little bush hut in Mangrove Mountain and that was that really helped me immerse into that world and be like okay it's tangible it's right here I can learn it it's accessible Mm. um and then from there yeah I guess a lot of my friends like Emma yeah um and Caitlin we've kind of just all shared these values and all kind of learned from each other and, and delved into it from learning from certain people but there was not yeah, there was not just like one teacher. I feel like mm. across the last five years, there has been so many different pockets of inspiration from different people. And mm. yeah, it's sad to say because, you know, I, I think that there is a strong need for like mentorship in this in this world. And But I kind of got that through lots of different people and my own relationship with, with mm. the earth I say nature well. itself. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. And just thinking that if our ancestors have been doing that for like millions of years mm. then we've got that inside of our blood so I think yeah putting yourself out there and calling on that wisdom as well mm. you're going to be all right there's yeah. going to be it's never going to be like an easy time but no. that's that's why this stuff is is great because it takes you out of that comfort and I, oh, Tyler said it in the last in the last podcast yeah. and I so agree it's like taking you out of comfort and convenience yeah into connection and then relationship yeah and yes yeah, so much. Yes, so with that, it's like give me like a hard day in the bush building a shelter any day over yep. just living at my mum's house or something. Yeah, like, yeah, it's just yep. so it penetrates beyond the surface on like where I, I want to be nourished in that way. But yeah, I just I would love to dive into some of the details of. I guess, like, the details of living this way. My first few questions would just be, like, how, like, where do you sleep? Or, like, where are you, and where do you sleep? Like, is it just in the bush? Is it, you know, in people's <laughs> land? Like, it's a very, like, bizarre world to navigate now. Yeah. With, like, we don't have a lot of commons. Like, mm. we don't have a lot of, well, in Australia anyway, we don't have many places where you, you are allowed to free camp. Or maybe, totally. do you feel safe? And mm. so, first questions first. How, when you first started, where did you go to sleep in the bush and maybe how many belongings did you take? Yeah. What do you do with your belongings? Do you leave them at parents' house or... Yeah, yeah we'll start there. Yeah. <laughs> so many questions. That's, that's good. It's good to have a starting point. Yeah. <laughs> so when I first started, it kind of just began with going on camping trips out. Yeah. And that, yeah, that kind of led to living in a little kind of grass hut up at Mangrove Mountain. Cool. Um, and But that was kind of where I slept. That was where we slept and ate. So all yeah. of my belongings were still at family places. Yeah. Um, because as we would know, like when you're living out in the bush, minimal. Yeah. <laughs> minimal <laughs> things. Yeah. And you know, like, is there a wardrobe out here to store yeah. this belonging from five years totally, ago? Totally, <laughs> totally. And you know, I guess when I'm when I say I've been living in the bush, I guess the first thing that would come to people's mind is like me out there, like like bear grillsing it or something <laughs> like fully in the wilderness, like and where I do definitely go on like trips out. Yeah, but my living I have been surrounded by bush, but so I was living out at Wollombi at my aunt's property on a hundred yep. beautiful acres, and that oh, was wow. surrounded by a national park. And I was living in a bell tent there, yep. so cool. that was a beautiful shelter. That was my space and my bed in there, sleeping on a beautiful sheepskin, mm. but. 
I had the luxury of having my, my aunt's off-grid property, so I yeah. could just walk 100 metres back to the bathroom where there's running water and yeah. where there's electricity. So I've been living outdoors, like, for most of the last five years, yeah. but I've still, more often than not, had the luxuries of yeah. at least having some shelter or um, being able to find running water. Yeah. Although where I was living last year, that was probably the most wild um, living experience I'd ever had. It was in the middle of like Port Macquarie and Armadale, like in the hinterlands up there, yeah. like two hours from any town, total off grid, total rural in the wow. mountains. And we were just in like a cabin, a five by five little cabin to yeah. sleep in. We had no bathroom, no running water, um, wow. no kitchen or anything. So all of the cooking done outside on the fire. Um, was there water source on the property? There was a beautiful big creek okay, cool. on the property, so it would go down and get water from that. And yeah, yeah that and toilet compost. We had just... we dug out a big yeah, oh, a, wow. big, a big hole. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was that was the real deal, and I loved it. I really mm. felt, you know, when I tell my family and stuff, they're like, "Whoa, like that's so hectic," and I can see my mum's mm. face cringe, like just the thought of being away from the comforts, but. I was so alive and I felt so content in myself for kind of being human in that mm. way and and having those kind of I don't want to call them a struggle because they're not it's just you just have to work a little bit harder to I think achieve. it's discomfort too yeah and like I even found like I find over the last few years like I was I'm very like oh like, you know, you'd be like, oh, too many bugs before and stuff. And, like, very, like, ah, a bit, no, not prissy, but just yeah. almost, like, a bit, like, as you are. Like, a bit, yeah. like, I'm used to being in a room with, yeah. like, my blankets and, like, no totally. bugs everywhere and that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. But I even found, like, like you're saying earlier, like, we adapt so quick mm-hmm. and being in, like, a little bit of discomfort and it does feel like a bit of a struggle. Like, that's why people like camping because yeah. you struggle for a few days and you come back to your comfort of your home and yeah. you, like, feel really good from that. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, you do adapt really quick to that mm. little bit of a struggle. And totally. then it almost becomes, like, this inner achievement of knowing that you're capable. Yes. And that you can, like, handle yourself. Totally. And, it, like, I feel like that is the empowering yes, bit. Yeah, totally. And I think that that is something that is so lacking in this modern culture too because yeah. so many things are spoon-fed to us all. Mm. We have, like, from health to shelter and knowing how to even look after our bodies and mm. information and knowledge and like power tools and things that work faster to provide us what we need. But when you put yourself away from all of those things and you have to do it yourself, there is such a sense of strength and empowerment that comes from that because Mm. you're literally having to use your mind and your body and your intuition Mm. to kind of, yeah, be resilient and be like, okay, what do I need to do to overcome this problem that's happening right now? Because that's how you have to survive. And there's something I think really important it's like a rite of passage into your humanness by going yeah. through things that are challenging because it reminds you that you are capable beyond measure. Yeah. That, yeah, you just have to put yourself out of the, the comfort zone. Yeah, and then struggle of, through it. Yeah. Like, I've done this. Yeah. And like, then you're like, whoa, <laughs> I'm awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what's something that was like for you personally, like something that was like before, something you would never have done or you're like, oh, I found this so like uncomfortable, gross, but you just worked through. So, well, probably, you know, the... The eating side of everything, I was a pretty hardcore vegetarian for most yeah. of my life. Yeah. And, like, I would see a dead animal on the side of the road and, like, cry. Like, in my yeah. early 20s, I was very sensitive to death and that all was really intense. Yeah. But I was thinking about it, actually, on the way up here, how it was never like I... 
the, the, the transition kind of happened as my mind transitioned to becoming more connected to nature and myself. Those things started to, yeah, just be normal. And it was like, it was mm. never, a, oh, no, this is intense and I'm going to put my hands in this animal right now. It was like, okay, I had a, quite a grounded approach to yeah. these new experiences because I guess, yeah, part of me unconsciously knew that I wanted to experience these wholesome mm. things that were going to connect me to myself and to the land. And so that transition, I guess, I like get to vegetarian to eating meat yeah. or and then even like, um, you know, like killing killing it yourself or like har- not harvesting that's plants or what's yeah, that word scavenging again or scavenging processing. processing there we are yeah, i was like that's not right yeah. like, i was like not killing but then i was like if it's road killing or killing it's like pro yeah there yeah. we are processing yeah yeah processing your own meat so you eat and i feel like maybe your body would just if you're living out in those conditions it probably requires a different thing and you're starting to get tuned to nature mm-hmm. and then your body's like i need certain things that yes. are in that meat yeah or totally. in the fat or totally totally yeah. i remember the first the first meal the first meat that i actually ate to break my decade of vegetarianism decade yeah wow. um yeah was a beautiful roadkill wallaby that had been smoked on the fire and I remember like having this big ritual around it and I was like looking at this piece of meat for so long before actually putting it in my mouth and we were out on the mountains so we're out in the bush and the fire was on and yeah I remember just chewing it chewing it for so long because I was like whoa my mouth is not used to meat yeah (laughs) chewing it for so long but just having this beautiful like feeling my body and like my cells kind of come alive like Mm. yes I Thank you for connecting me with that nourishment that I need from that meat and the animals mm. as well. Like, yeah, someone once told me that they won't eat an animal unless they are prepared to like become that animal and like embody that. And I really love that because it kind of encapsulates the relationship that one needs when when they're mm. going to eat meat. You know, like it, we have such a strong disconnection with yeah, in the meat industry right mm. now, and yeah, it's a really on, it's an honour to receive an animal mm. and an animal's meat and it's like this incredible spiritual and health beneficial journey mm. as well. I love the way of looking at it too and I love that how it kind of ties in like how before we are talking about how like impressionable we are as mm. humans to each other's energy and we absorb maybe what other people are thinking without realising like that does apply to animals as well and plants as yes. well like yeah but I love that all tied in together that yes. yeah be prepared to become the animal you're eating mm. because that's like a very raw form of energy absorbing yeah totally totally. that's interesting yeah it's so true what we were speaking about like and that's probably why like nature therapy is such a big thing because when someone who is mentally not well you put them in nature and they will automatically feel better Mm. and it's like because they're away from I guess all of the things that penetrate their mind that that make them feel that kind of disharmony and as soon as you're in nature yeah it's like an unconscious kind of cleanse is taking place Mm. from the inside out and yeah we need that to be okay (laughs) yeah we do (laughs) to be happy yes uh, yes especially Um, right now I know especially (laughs) I do just want to I've just thought of something as well with when you're saying about food have you solely eaten just animal food off the land or do you occasionally go to the shops or farmers markets to get things yep yeah like over the last five years yeah so that's definitely always changing depending on where I'm living and who I'm around and that's what I've noticed with this kind of yeah rewilding 
lifestyle is that it really kind of works well when you stay in one place for um, a long amount of time because then you can grow your stuff and then you can have your you know goats or chickens that you can be processing and um, because I have been moving around quite a lot over the last five years Mm -hmm. it's definitely possible um, but it has been more difficult it's just about building relationships with different hunters and farmers and so the last six months at Mangrove Mountain we've been getting our local fruit and veg off the Fennelly's organic farm up the oh, road. Cool. And then we go to Grace, I think it's called Grace Springs Farm, which is a yeah. beautiful um, regenerative agriculture, but also whenever we can, getting roadkill whenever yeah. that happens and going and processing friends, ducks and rabbits and things like that. And foraging. And foraging, yeah, yeah totally, yeah, totally. Nice. So it's just about taking, yeah, taking a bit of everything where we can. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's definitely not... I'm not living my ideal, perfect, like, meat-eating <laughs> world right now. Yeah. Like, uh, but I'm definitely would – like, my boundary is no way in hell I'm ever going to buy meat from, like, Coles or Woolworths that's yeah. wrapped in plastic. Yeah. So it's just about building the relationship with, yeah, different farmers mm-hmm. or hunters and things like that. Yeah, because yeah. I think now it's – it would be hard to go back to living fully ancestral mm-hmm. because it's actually not possible. Totally. So, like, this is a modern way of doing it totally. within – the world we've got yes like even i was listening to a podcast the other day about like how copper is so important for us mm. and that whole like that's a whole wormhole of fascinating fascination itself <laughs> but they were just saying like you get a lot of copper copper that can't say it, copper from beef liver yeah um yeah. but the ancestors back in the day the cows were eating there was a lot more like of all the other minerals in the grass they were eating so these things were richer mm-hmm. in these things but now even if we go and buy the beef livers like they're not necessarily going to be rich in that totally. whereas like they do have to be grass fed but then like yeah. the what's in the soil now is completely different yeah so exactly. like we have to adapt so it's like there's that rough guideline from what our ancestors did yes but it has to be adapted totally. like i think the way you're living is the most doable yeah as closest to that but integrating what we have totally and you yeah. know it comes down to like i still want to be connected to humans and my yeah. family and it's like i have fantasized about going alexander super tramp off into the yeah. wild and just <laughs> failing and just but that would probably be beautiful for a short time but at the end of the day i'm aware that relationships are everything yeah. and and i want to bring you know kind of be help be a bridge to people to come back to the wild and if I can kind of be on the outskirts of civilization and Mm. my needs in the bush and be have a healthy kind of balance there then yeah I'm pretty pretty happy (laughs) yeah have you found that transition with relationships friendships have you found that over the years when you are going out mm. into the bush, like I imagine a lot of places like you wouldn't have Wi-Fi or like, yeah, how do you meet new friends or like new lovers or like how does that all, I don't know, how does that, I'm so curious because yeah. it's like I, yeah, find this would be a fascinating way to live. Yeah. But then you wonder how all that works. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely like my friends that know me, I think there's like some thing inside of my energy that I'm always around people. I'm yeah. just always, <laughs> no matter if I'm out in the desert on my own traveling solo, I'll meet some people and have a strong connection. And that's literally you just like draw them in. You're like a big yeah. magnet and they're like, I sense I must go over there and talk to that lady. And you're like, oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of in the way like to be honest it's definitely and you're like and if there's no physical people i will imagine yeah. that. <laughs> and then i'll start having a conversation with myself yeah. and no there's definitely oh. there's always been people around and mm. i guess when i had the big shift from the party world to the bush world five years ago oh 
it was like I kept I, I kind of started walking in that direction on, on the path and then yeah without having any conversations so many people just dropped off and fell off and yeah. that was fine and that was perfect and and the end of a season and that was okay and I like that end of the season yeah yeah, yeah. and That's it's cool. not like there's ever any um ill feelings or anything it's mm. just like cool I've actually metamorphosed into a different version of myself yeah. now so I kind of have just let yeah my life decisions dictate who is around me and and it really comes back to yeah I guess people that share similar values to me and yeah my, my friends that have yeah, been been there through the thick and thin of it, and of course mm. my family who yeah. aren't going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, we got you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh. But I've definitely felt that my relationship with my family, in particular, has deepened as I've deepened. You know, yeah. like yeah, the there was a lot of dysfunction from me when I was in those party days where mm. that came in between my relationships and my family. But in the last five years, it's been really beautiful to rekindle. Yeah, mm. just gonna wait for that. I know, rude. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> Sometimes I have the biggest jets come over and you can't do anything. You just have to wait. Like, oh, even if I'm God. just by myself in my room, I just wait. Oh, I'm like, I stop what I'm doing. Like, oh, they're so loud. And <laughs> I go through my whole body. Yeah. So I feel like everything you've been through and transition changes so many things. And I'm personally finding a lot of changes just, like, in my own relationship to being a woman at the moment and just, like, all the things that come with that, all the feminine energy, or however you relate to that, how being a woman for you has changed. That is such a massive one. Yeah. Because, and it was cool when you asked that question because I'd never even thought about that before mm. until when you asked it, I was like, holy dooly. <laughs> like, whoa, that, there has been a huge makeover in my relationship with yeah. my femininity and what it even means to be a woman as well. Mm. And yeah, I guess... Um, before the big the big shift, yeah. <laughs> I definitely did not value being a female, and I didn't have any relationship with my moon time. And I, yeah. you know, I was like, oh, I need to be like, yeah, more more masculine and not show my emotions and everything mm. because that's how I have to get through in the world. And there's just so many um, toxic belief systems that I picked up growing up in a culture where femininity wasn't celebrated for what it truly is and yeah. it was taken advantage of and all of that jazz and I found the more I connected to the earth and to the beautiful like life-bearing motherly energy of the earth mm. uh, that would be reflected in me and so yeah it was a beautiful beautiful kind of um growth of love for the earth that then kind of transmitted to love for myself because mm. seeing myself as part of the earth and just valuing that beautiful, yeah, create creation that mm. we are. Like, we literally birth creation through us. I know. And that, yeah. It's like a full portal. Like, I had this vision the other week of just, like, you know, like, like our yoni or vagina area. It's just, like, this doorway. And we just, like, a little human yeah. can come out of it. It's like, oh, knock, knock. Yeah. And it's like, we literally just birth out a human. Like, yes. And on the other side, they're just hanging out in yeah. this house. And yeah. they're like... I would like to come out now. (laughs) Just this little being like growing inside of our belly. It's like, oh, okay. It's so wild. Yeah, it's the most wild thing ever. And it's like, we do not have the support in this culture to know how to really look after Mm. and nurture our femininity and motherhood and everything. And, oh, yeah, that is also probably another podcast because that's something I feel so passionately about. Just... It's, and I think a lot of people do too. Like I mm. went to the returning last month Beautiful. and I, I have wanted to go for that for like so long and it was 
such a like homecoming like mm. I'm so grateful for Ella and all the women who just like held that space and was like here's a hundred women but wow. like that was something that was coming up in a lot of things of like a lot of single mums and they do like single mum scholarships like indigenous scholarships and one of the things was like yeah like women shouldn't have to go through this journey by themselves like mm-hmm. there should be a community and yeah it just I don't know there's just so many things like yeah to be unlayered yes. within that like deep feminine like yeah. it really feels like a whole like witnessing all those women there and seeing some of like hearing some of the stories I'm like wow there's so much untapped power totally. that we have as oh. a collective which I think everyone is tapping into yes, but there's too. like I don't know mixed with the wildness side mm. mixed with that like bushcrafty like I don't know being yeah. able to live in nature and like taking back our power in that way yeah mixed with the feminine and the singing and the like nurturing totally. it's just like it's a whole thing. Yeah, like, it yeah. is a whole thing. And one thing that's been, yeah, really empowering for me is, like, owning my creature. Like, uh, yeah, before, I before I used to... And not... I don't have anything against people that wear makeup, but yeah. I used to wear makeup to kind of feel better. And yeah. I would wear makeup so that I would feel a sense of, okay, I look acceptable for the world now. Yes. And it wasn't empowering. And yeah. in the last five years, just fully growing out all of my hair wearing makeup and going like full creature mode like this is who I am this is all of me every single last bit of my body here I am and that oh me like even seven years ago would no way Jose would ever ever even imagine me expressing myself in this raw natural form now like so that to me shows the growth and the embodiment of myself like Mm. becoming I was so disempowered as a female then and now I feel I still have a long way to go but I've definitely come into the beautiful gratitude of who Mm. I am and yeah that is so big and I so wish that for many other women out yeah. there because it breaks my heart to see women um trying to be something what they think they need to be instead of just owning the beauty mm. and the raw fucking power I know hey inside of them yeah and I think it's just like I look back and like I am still I can last year it was even actually last few months was the first time I've grown my underarms out and it was just like like that full power, like oh my god, and like have been like going through stages, like growing my leg hairs fully out. Then I might shave them for a bit, and then yeah. I grow them back out again. But like back out again. But it's just interesting looking back on the misspent time, mm. and I think that's the biggest change is just realizing how much time you put into like shaving or plucking totally. or like grooming. When like yeah, it's different if you want to do it, like yeah, go for your life. For but it. like I think when it's like to keep up. Uh, a look. a look or like oh I have to go to work so I have to shave or like yes. oh, I have to go here so I have to shave like oh, I have to wear this dress so I have to shave because yes. like who are you offending like yeah. like yeah. like people are getting a lot better and maybe I'm only seeing that because like the communities we're in everyone's just everyone has their long hair yeah. and I forget that people don't yeah but totally. I don't know it's just yeah it's really fascinating even just like encouraging women to just check in with themselves like wait why am I shaving or yeah. why am I wearing makeup and if it's for your own pleasure great all for it do what yeah. you want but if it's to appease like society's standards or something then stuff that yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. don't need to do that yeah I think the yeah. only time I actually like really enjoy shaving my legs is like cleaning clean bed sheets and then I'll just like shave my legs oh like, yes and like I'm, I'm so soft <laughs> I remember those days yeah and I used to have silk bed sheets back in the oh, day too fancy. I would just slip in like a fish <laughs> <laughs> like can I go? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh, so just like at random, like what's yeah, what's a weird, wild, or like a story where you've I don't get yeah, precious animal interaction mm. or something one that just really stands out to you that's really precious to you yeah. or really just entertaining to you. There's definitely it was hard to narrow it down, but 
because there's, there's definitely been a few, but one, like I just got a visual when you asked that question and it was when I was living out on the land last year and yeah. we were raising goats out there and that was really special being a goat mum. I oh, yeah, definitely have a goat obsession now, which is <laughs> very good. But we would, the goats, when you're feeding them, like you're their mum, so they would follow you around everywhere oh. and you would go for a walk down to the river, there'd be a herd of goats following oh you. Oh my goodness. And during that time, towards the end, um, my partner at the time, he actually, yeah, had caught a wild, a wild pig. And so we had a wild pig and some baby goats and two kittens <gasps> that were rescued from the side of the road. That would literally be our little herd. I would turn around and there'd just be this little feral herd of animals following us around. And I remember That's being so precious. Yeah, very, very, very happy at life at that moment. Just being like, well, what is going on right now? But great, I've got all these random animals following me, so I'm pretty happy. Like I love just like in that instant, just even like then thinking about yourself when you were like 10 or 12 or like 18, and then just like, and then sending that to like your 18 year old when you're 18 they're like what are what? you doing yes like who are you and you're freaking me out like no this is not going to happen yeah definitely so definitely and yeah I think when I was living out at Wollombi oh their land there is just so wild you know mm. and so so rich with beautiful wildlife and the owls is something mm. that was just a Love really owls. really strong yeah, strong friends for me because I was living in the belt tent in this valley, so I'm surrounded by their habitat. And mm. um, if you, have you ever heard a powerful owl? No. So I can't do it justice, but it's like a kind of ooh, ooh, but like 20 times deeper and louder and better oh than that. <laughs> but um, every single night I remember, yeah, just laying on the ground on my sheepskin and hearing the powerful owls just kind of, have this soundscape penetration through my bell tent into my brain and mm. that so many nights I would be like journaling or just going this kind of trance hearing the night birds and the night creatures and that was something that I realized that I actually need to be okay in my life I need to go to sleep yeah. every night it's with something as simple as the sounds of nature and yeah. whether it's frogs or running water or the trees rustling or the possums doing their creepy laugh or mm. all the different owls the night birds all the po- all the wombat who used to eat I used to hear him next to my bell tent like chewing on his grass and then I'd hear him like digested and like scratching himself and like yeah that for me that was really important to to kind of be ending my day like nestled in nature and mm. feeling that wildness around me instead of yeah hearing like having someone turn the lights on or something it was just like no I just want to be yeah, yeah and that that's incredible I love that outlook of it too because I feel like that would be a point for me still if I go camping that if I hear wildlife that I'm not used to mm-hmm. I instantly go into like freak mode like yeah. I'm like I'm like is that a person really? is that like is someone eating is someone crawling oh. up to my tent but it's probably just a poor little possum that goes that trail every night and the possum's yeah. like what's this tent doing here totally. and I just like it really it's interesting how it's like a point of like yeah like paranoia for mm. me and like I love that you're like nestled in the sounds <laughs> of the forest I'm like I need to adapt that like I'm sure certain sounds would take adapting definitely but it's something we're so not used to when you sleep in a room and another thing I'd like to add too is how like from living and sleeping basically outside, whether it's been a swag or a bell tent for the last few years, 
um, my my hearing has like attuned to cool. like l- little night noises, and so if I'm by myself out there and I do hear something rustle, I'm like automatically my my fight or flight comes in, yeah, and I'm okay. like okay. All of my senses are very aware right now and very yeah. listening to what is going on. But then I'm like, it's cool. It's probably just a bandicoot or something. Like, yeah. but there, yeah, it's it's incredible to observe your body responses when you are out there and hearing little rustles that you can't identify mm. what they are, how close they are, and just how attuned you get to. You can't see anything, so you're purely yeah. relying on your ears, and that has been really, really cool. And I used to be a very heavy sleeper yeah. before living out outside and now in the last yeah three years if like a dog or something walks past my swag I'm awake instantly yeah. and it's like okay and so probably alert as well yeah and yeah. very alert which is yeah. really cool just to observe the different mm. bodily um changes mm. in that I'm excited to like I feel like as you're diving deeper into it like you're going to be holding this space for so many people as well Mm. like just kind of flowing into opening up about your wild beings it's one of those things everyone I have on the podcast I'm like it's it's a business but it's also it's a passion venture it's more than that it's like it's an entity onto itself like it's like a you're going to create a community and to kind of like show people or help people integrate into nature yes so I'd love for you to chat about wild beings mm-hmm. yeah how you came with the name or just like what you want to achieve with it or what you've seen so far with people who have come to your first two or three events um what are you up to one, now two three. three yeah three 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 yeah. yeah 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 so I guess wild beings is like a little expression of my yeah my values and what mm. has been so um, nourishing and nurturing to me in my life and it's just yeah I want to I want to share that with the world because mm. it is what every human actually needs yeah <laughs> whether they know it or not so they, they do. deep deep down yes, yeah and yeah just because of the in, like intense time that we are in on earth right now the relationship and the awareness of of the earth mm. I think is so important for for many reasons for our own health for the health of the land and the wildlife and yeah. our future um yeah there is a lot of different reasons why I think that's important but um yeah the name actually I always wanted something to be have, have the word wild in it and I'm pretty sure it was a conversation with my mom and I and I think mum was the one who actually ended up saying, yeah, wild beings. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, yes, mum, that's it. <laughs> Little wild beings running yeah, around. Yeah. yeah, totally. Because that's, yeah, what what I envisioned, like us just mm. being wild, just being human, like we yeah. are. And, yeah, so it's a non-profit that I, came, I founded in 2020. And, yeah. yeah, it's kind of taken, it took about a year to really get the ball rolling and get everything happening. And then we did our first ancestral skills gathering last year in April at my aunt's property yeah. out at Wollombi and that was just yeah a family kind of village camp out for two nights nice yeah fire friction and um, primitive pottery and um, animal processing cool. and a little bit of weaving um, um, plant identification and just yeah things that ground us and connect us into the land and because families man kids need this kind of exposure mm. to to the land and yeah I think that parents it's good for them to be around other families as well yeah. and kind of get that village support even if it's just temporarily to yeah. give them the strength to go back to the world yeah I think even to yeah it's like it would be so intense to have children and like just 
you're their point of focus the whole time and you're there your point of focus but having that village setting where it's a safe place like or like you know safe as a construct but um nice place that they they have freedom to run around in um and they can play with other children Mm. they kind of like self-organize and they self-look after each other and you still keep it keep an half an eye on but like it does give the parents time to like interact more normally to what they used to because they have other families there and other people and yeah it is actually incredible watching how the kids just form their own little tribe it's like see you later they're gone like it's great actually we don't they don't need us (laughs) like the parents are like going over like oh and it's like nah man they're all good (laughs) they didn't do anything no no and it's so beautiful just observing what naturally unfolds in those spaces so it's like yeah, the intention of Wild Beings is to create spaces for those natural dynamics to unfold and yeah. those natural relationships to, to strengthen. And yeah. that's been, yeah, really beautiful meeting different parents and particularly mm. a lot of homeschooling parents yeah. as well. We've been trying to, yeah, do more work with them because there's such a big community of them on the Central Coast. And, cool. yeah, that's definitely a big part of Wild Beings' vision is to get the kids dirty yeah <laughs> just get them in there and then once they're once they're comfortable again in nature and then the culture of the land comes naturally from that you yep. know like yeah I think getting people just um having a sensory experience and then the emotional experience comes from that sensory mm. practical like relationship with the land yeah so for visions for the future what's your current visions mm. or like or even like current projects you're working on that you want to your birthing into the world yeah there's there's definitely a lot I need to like take it slow because there's a lot of exciting things that we want to bring out but Mm. next weekend we have the women's rewilding and gathering Mm. which will be at a river the one that you came to so yeah we're pretty excited about that and then later this year we want to actually run an ancestral health retreat which will be like a week-long really delving into the movement and the food and the relationship with food and because I have a lot of friends who are really deep in that world and that's Mm. something that I'm very passionate about too and just giving people the opportunity to actually feel what their body feels like when they're just eating like clean wild genetic foods and having those processes with the animals themselves and yeah that that is definitely going to be an avenue that that we take um I'd love to come to that yeah yeah yes (laughs) yes so hopefully a lot of fresh goat milk as well because fresh goat milk is like the nectar of the gods yeah (laughs) um but yeah alongside that we really want to get more into yeah consistent working with children like uh, we have a few different gigs here and there but I really want to create like yeah, even a fortnightly kind of bush school vibe mm. um, on the Central Coast. And we also are going to start doing overnight rewilding hikes. So, cool. yeah, just bringing people out, whether it's for one or two nights. Yeah, just with their backpack. We'll obviously be barefoot because we're always barefoot. Yeah. <laughs> people can choose if they want to wear shoes yeah. or not. And just kind of holding people through that space of entering into the wild and just being, I guess, a support for people to feel comfortable being out in the elements and sleeping yeah. under the stars and cooking on the fire and yeah just giving giving humans that experience again and I guess people that aren't used to that would feel more inclined to do so with someone who is guiding them into that mm. space and so that that's, that's kind exciting. of this year yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so before we end for today what would be something that yeah before you dived into this way of life that you wish maybe someone told you or you knew 
I think it's nice to discover everything yourself, but what's one thing that you're like, that would have been handy to know? (laughs) No, totally. It really would have been good if someone kind of told me that, yeah, every decision that I ever made in life is going to impact my future. Because Mm. I I lived in the mindset of like, just just do, don't think, just very, very um, operating in, yeah, I guess a um, ungrounded kind of destructive almost mindset of yeah. not thinking about the repercussions of my decisions and it just would have been great if like someone just took me for a little walk when I was younger and be like hey like just letting you know that you everything that's happening in your life you're actually creating it like, <laughs> and knowing then that I that I actually could take responsibility for everything I probably would have done so yeah a lot earlier but mm-hmm. oh I shouldn't say that because you know everyone has their life journeys the way that they do and I definitely mm-hmm. don't have regrets but I know that I guess if I think about having children of my own I want to make sure that they know that hey you are creating your life like everything mm-hmm. that you do you're the one who is making those decisions and creating a reality and attracting those things in and I think there's nothing more empowering um than when we take responsibility thank you so much thank for you. having this little pocket in time mm. and sharing your story no it's been a pleasure it's, yeah. yeah not not often that you get to tell your story so thank you yeah. for having me thank you for listening to episode 15 of making magic real keep your eyes peeled out for upcoming events and workshops with eva at wild beings australia and you can also find her instagram linked which she shares a lot of her life and what she learns on there as well if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast today i always love to hear messages back feedback what you got out of it or sending eva a message to let her know you loved it that is incredible and honestly means the world i hope you're having a magical day much love julia jay